What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. This Haber Middle Middlecoff podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn.com slash ham. Find the right person today with LinkedIn jobs. It screens candidates with the hard and the soft skills you're looking for, John, so you can hire the right person fast. Guy, what do you think is more difficult, finding a quarterback in the NFL draft or just a good employee? Could argue well, they're equally as difficult. I would say I know that a good employee is not – I mean, a quarterback is not found every eight seconds, but on LinkedIn, a person's hired every eight seconds. Great so nugget, I, I would yeah. say quarterback's harder. Yeah, you're probably right. But fi- finding good employees is not easy either, Guy. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform f- delivering quality hires all over the internet, into the real world, into your company, because companies are built on the people inside them, not the actual company walls, and LinkedIn makes that possible. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash ham. Again, that's linkedin.com slash ham. Get $50 off your first job post Terms and conditions apply. Middle call! Hey, behaves! Batting number two, Alex Bregman. Whoa! It's a shame too because he should be on Team Israel. But full Jew? Uh, I think so. Full enough. Altuve Jew? No, <laughs> no. But we take him. I don't think so. <laughs> you know the the Astros PR thing on Thursday as we record this on a Thursday. My favorite part was the. Did you see the the video of the PR guy? No, I didn't. So the, the PR guy comes out, makes a statement, and I don't even hear what the statement is because they're showing a live feed of it as um, Harold Reynolds is back in the studio. And, uh, and they, <laughs> they show the guy. The guy makes a statement. He turns and walks straight out the back and has to, like, walk through some bushes. Like, what, what is this guy doing? Why just walk out? Why are you walking through the bushes? So they're just kind of making fun of him. And then uh, he's in a no win situation. (laughs) You you know, I'm not even going to say I'm no PR expert, John, because I am a PR expert. Anybody who's just observed humans is a PR expert. I've watched more press conferences than most PR experts. Here's my PR advice. If you want humans to buy your apology, you know what you have to do? You have to act like a human when you apologize. It's not that hard. Yeah. To me, guy, I'm actually not shocked the way they came off. I don't think, in fairness to the Astros PR people, they ain't, the owner ain't listening to shit. Players ain't listening to him either. They weren't going to listen to anybody. I, I've said it all along. Just be contrite and admit you did it. What do all of our parents teach us when we're kids? Once you get caught red-handed, 
the, the fastest way, and it is true, the fastest way to get to go away is to admit you're wrong and, and fess up to it. Take it like a fucking man. These guys did not just take it like a man. They acted like what we've seen on the internet of the buzzers. They refused to acknowledge the buzzers, guy. Now, I saw Alex Correa did Carlos. a pretty good job. Carlos Correa. Who are you, Eskin? Yeah, was was pretty adamant that Fra- there were no it, Frank- buzzers. Franklin McCutcheon? Or- it, he, I, I think what people struggle with is was it Sammy Sosa that dropped the no hablo ingles to the uh, one of those guys drop it at remember? the hearing? Yeah, because I thought that's what Altuve should have done. That, that would be my go-to move if I was of any sort of you know Mexican, Latino, Southern American descent. I would never speak to English reporters. Uh, I would do the Ichiro. I don't speak English. Uh, like Araldus Chapman. Do you believe Araldus Chapman doesn't know English? Like I'm just not buying it. But he used the the interpreter. Altuve and those guys, whenever they're asked about the buzzer, always go to the the saying, the commissioner investigated it and the the findings are what they are. Kind of yeah. like, guys, this isn't this isn't uh, deep throat here. Let's just did you fucking use the buzzers or not? Are you gonna answer the questions? Cause I, I think Vic Tafer tweeted, like, what did everyone expect them to say? I don't know, not be like the commissioner's report. Well, yeah, I, Carlos Correa, you're right. He was really good in the locker room, and I saw Altuve did some in Spanish in the locker room. Correa was really good because he just acted like a human and was like, yeah, we've, we we did it. It was bad. The buzzer thing, this is where I think baseball has failed, Middlecoff. Is he, like, defend, was that, he was defending Carlos Beltran, too. Yeah, he was like, Bel, like we're adults. Like, don't Because the article came out like Beltran made them do it. It's like, okay, let's... let's Let's not make Carlos. It's like an easy scapegoat here, Carlos Beltran. Let's ease up here, um, which was legit. He's well, like, I, look, I, we're, we're humans say, with free will. I'd say AJ Hinch looks like the biggest scapegoat of them all. I, I, I think people are blaming. Well, Jim Crane is blaming him, the owner. Yeah, th- this to me feels a little bit like again mob style. Yeah, the boss is the one giving you the orders, but if you're the one pulling the trigger, and then I check how many houses you painted. Right, uh, Irishman style, and you've killed 25 people. I can't just go, well, if it was just one, and you're like, well, he put a gun to my head, and he said he was going to kill my family, I'd be like, listen, I understand. If you if you kill 74 people, I go, well, you're just a murderer. And it's like, hey, Altuve and Bregman, and I think part of it, Bregman's the cockiest fucker in the league. Altuve, there's an element of, he's a midget, and I think a lot of people are just, myself included, go, there's a reason no 5-5 guy has ever been... Th- guy, he's not... He's elite. Like, he dominates. He's their... He's, is he their best player? And it yeah. feels like Bregman, who we all know is really talented. We just have a problem with him because he's so cocky. But it's like, he's good. Where Altuve, I look at it more like, is this guy good? Or is he just some midget that got away with it? Because, again, I, that's how I'm kind of looking at it right now, guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I think he's good. We're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's good, um, but I I also think that uh, baseball has kind of created this situation by there was nothing in the commissioner's report about buzzers, and you've noticed like you brought up like because Aroldis just said something. Are they all going to get earholed? Here's what I would say: like they'll get earholed by guys who don't think they're on a team that also did it. Because it's not like there's been this wave of all these players just talking shit, right? There's been some guys saying some stuff. But this idea that there's other teams out there, I think that's what people think. And I think baseball didn't really investigate it when the Yankees asked. They didn't investigate it when Bob Melvin and the A's asked. When it became public, then they're like, oh, well, now we got to look like we're cleaning up this problem. But I don't think they've had any real interest in like getting to the bottom of it in a public way. They just want it to go away. And so the Astros sucks for you guys. You got to be this. You guys got to take all our bullets on this one. It's kind of like what they've said. And then the Astros have acted that way too, when it comes to the, the, the GM and the coach, like they're going to take our bullets, right? So they've kind of set up the Astros as the fall guy because they don't want anyone else to know that seven other teams did it. And I don't know if everyone did it to this degree, because this is pretty crazy, but I think the, bu- just- I think the buzzers thing, people blame them or point at them they have been using buzzers, and it feels like for a while. Yeah, because here was the question I was asking myself today, listen to this, John. Would Mike Fires open himself up to ridicule from within his industry to right some three-year-old wrong? Guy, I, I Or is think he that, doing it because he thinks they're still doing it? 
I thought Chapman hit it on the head today. We think. I don't know really know what he said, but the interpreter <laughs> that I laughed because of the pitch sequence. Like pitchers understand where listen, sometimes that Vladimir Guerrero just hits a pitching wedge off the ground. Oh, you're like, okay, whatever. But it was the way that I think Chapman goes. He knows the way people react. And he's been beat before. He doesn't act like that when someone hits his fastball. It's like, you, you get it, you get it. But the way you hit his breaking ball. And I remember Twitter that night was like, you can't lose a not your best pitch. <laughs> I was thinking that. I think I had some yeah. money. I think I had like a couple hundred bucks on the Yankees to win that series. And it, I was pissed off. And I was even more mad the way he reacted. And I actually... You mean more... the way he kind of smiled? You're talking yeah, about that? Yeah, I was like, are you just laughing? You guys just got beat. In... I don't know. Was that game six or seven? It was game seven, huh? And the, the walk-off and the way he explained it... Now, he might just be changing events to make it sound better, but I kind of believe him. Like, this motherfucker knew what was coming. Yeah. No, I believe him, too. Especially and with I... how far the ball went, guy. It was crushed. John, especially with the way he acted running towards home plate with don't take off my jersey. That's fucking weird. Well, he what did he tell Verducci? Oh, because my wife doesn't want to see me with my shirt off. No, I I think their biggest issue right now is no one cares anymore about the hitting the hitting the dumpster, right? No one's talking about that. It's all about the buzzers. And they are adamant the buzzers didn't exist. I I just don't think that's going to go away. I, I really don't. All season. Now, eventually it does, because everything eventually goes away. But I, I think, especially if they're good, meaning they're playing in big games, the A's, another team that's really good, thinks that you've kind of fucked them. Plus, there's the element, right, that the A's have Mike Friars on their team. Yeah. So that's what's... Is it going to be kind of weird when they face each other? If you Hell yeah, it's going to be awesome. I did, and you know, I made fun on the first, uh, maybe the beginning of the week of like the... Nobody lost jobs, but then the guy sues, right? And he's suing not to make money for himself, the former Blue Jays pitcher who got his shot. And it's like there were like 12 trash can bangs in like 20 pitches, and then he got demoted, and that was the end of his career. He goes to like Japan after that, and now he's out of baseball. I heard on a podcast it was like 17 of 28 pitches. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a big percentage, right? <laughs> yeah. But the other one, I hadn't thought of this one that Mad Dog brought up on Thursday was Joe Girardi. Like, if the Yankees win that series, Girardi might not get fired. Girardi probably keeps his job. Now, maybe the Yankees wanted to fire him anyway, but, like, that's a big domino that fell in baseball. It's, so, a, it's a symbolic of society, guy. The elites who were viewed as the best and untouchable and the highest paid took advantage of the little guy trying to make but it. But here... here, here. Which who's the little Ger- guy in this story? The, the, not Girardi, because oh, uh, you, you can yeah. nip it. I'm talking about the pitchers. I think Molly McKnight or Molly Knight, the Dodgers yeah, chick. Molly Knight. She wrote something that it was nine guys. They found different instances getting demoted, never get back. Because there is, you do have to agree that in a sport like baseball, pitching like a kicker or a golfer, the psyche. If I fuck your psyche up and you go. You look at your coach, you're like, oh my, I'm throwing as good of a pitch as I can, and they're hitting it to Dallas. This is insane. Yeah. He, here, here is what... They deserve to pay, and I hate so, deserve to pay guy, but th- this is, and then the way they acted, but, I am, but, I'm offended for, but the, for the pitcher. There's one kind of key here that uh, hopefully time will reveal, right? It turns out that not every home run Barry Bonds hit was off of some guy who was not on steroids. And so that's ultimately my big question here is, because you're right, the Astros kind of flaunted it, and they made comments in press conferences, and they did the thing with the T, don't take my shirt off. Like, they were enjoying the fact that they were getting away with something. Does it turn out that they were the only team in baseball that did it, or does it turn out that they were not? And it doesn't make it more right if it turns out that they were not, but it makes me less angry at only them if it turns out that they were not. And this whole thing where everyone else acts like, because I think this is what every industry wants, right? If you get found out, you, hey, man, you just got to be the fall guy. You go to your trial, you go to jail, you pay the price, you let the police think they got all the drugs off the street, and you don't say a word. And that's part of the deal that we all agree to. If you go down, you just let them think they got all the cocaine out of Miami, and no one else is pushing cocaine through Miami. Oh, my God, why are people dying? Well, well, where's all this cocaine coming from? We put the guy away. No, 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 you keep your mouth shut. And so that's where we don't know yet. Did baseball, did they, did they knock off the only person bringing cocaine into this country or not? And I'm going to bet they didn't. But they want to act like they did because that's better for everybody. But that does affect how I look at the Astros. 
What if I told you they were the only ones doing the buzzers though this last year? Yeah, then I then 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 had then had they won the World Series, I would take it away from them. You 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 do agree the buzzers are dramatically worse than like a camera in center field and me hitting shit or whatever. Yes, and that is dramatically worse than anything I've heard of a team doing. Yeah, but the buzzers is the Another highest level. level of insanity. Yes, and the one guy was it the catcher that the thing fell off when he was had an AB <laughs> and it bounced and he reached down like it was like a bag of. This is gonna sound outdated, but if you grew up during our time, the millennials are like what. When you had a when you had like a ten sack and we'd hit the ground in front of a cop and you pick it up really fast. Not that that ever happened to me, but you wouldn't even say that now. You just yeah, I think you just smoke your joint. Nobody even cares. <laughs> Times have changed. All right. Uh, so there was a report on Thursday that Matt Stafford was on the trading block, with the Lions had uh, quickly denied, said a hundred percent false. You and I individually both red flagged this. The first thing I thought of well, was... Well, I, I, I was a sucker. I was like, whoa! Oh, okay. Well I'll, I'll, well, I'll give you credit then because I red flagged it in part because of you and the conversation we had about dead money and Nick Foles the other day. I didn't, I'll, I'll, I didn't Google his contract okay. when I... So that's the first thing. The second thing was, you know my policy, if it's a local news reporter that breaks the story, then I'm a little skeptical. And doesn't mean that there aren't great local news reporters out there that break stories. There definitely are. But I just... When it's a local writer, it's somebody who I know, right? When a local writer from any NFL market breaks a story, you've probably read stories from that person. Would you say Mike Kliss in Denver is an outlier? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why? Because he has a pipeline to but just because I Just because we've seen him. But yeah, you don't he, see a, a, a market's local news guys as much or yeah. news people as much. So If you told um, me Mike Kliss was a part owner in Elway's, like the Steakhouse, I'd believe you. Now, they do have, yes. There are times when your local news person has been in for so long the right things coaching searches they can know the right person there's oh, no I, doubt i'm, I'm remember, not saying they're illegitimate i'm no, just saying it's unique like they raj, have less remember of a, raj of a national Mathai? track record that's raj right. Mathai with uh, the raiders yeah one and the, the giants like little things like that you're like okay pieces together but to me matt stafford getting traded is a Schefter story or yes rap e- exactly yeah now the question is not about stafford because neither one of you neither one of us thinks he's getting traded but it does bring up an interesting point like they don't need a quarterback today but they are on deck. And so the question is like, who are the on deck teams out there that would consider doing what the, I'm, you really, nobody does what the Packers did. And the pack, it worked out so great for the Packers, which was take a guy who you think is a top of the draft talent Chief, in the first Chief, round. Chiefs, Chiefs did. Chiefs did in the first round before you need them. And the Packers one was the ultimate because the Chiefs did it, but Favre was still Favre. Like Alex Smith, you kind of knew they, but Favre was Favre. But the Chiefs, that's legitimate, too. But you, uh, you The Chiefs now, are perfect for this conversation, yeah. Yeah, to, to me, Favre, you're right, was just infinitely more famous that than That one's Alex more Smith. of an outlier than this but, one. But he was also older, and at the time when a 35-year-old quarterback or a 35-year-old athlete used to be like, when you were with your family or whatever, they were much closer to just be working regular people jobs than keep playing another five or six years. And he kind of did. The Alex one was more he wasn't good enough, but similar. Like, they could have just kept winning forever with Alex. Maybe not a Super Bowl, but they would have been good. I think when you look at it, more teams, when you have an established guy, let's use the Packers right now. I think what makes a difficult guy, like Stafford's 31 years old. I mean, it feels like he's been in the league 25 years. He's 31 years old. Part of it was, remember, he came in when he was 20. He came in like an NBA player. He came in really, really young. If I'm the Packers... Like, Rodgers showed signs, but is Rodgers going to still be better than anything I'll be able to get for the next five years? If this was 1997 and you were Green Bay, you would probably take a quarterback in, like, the second round this year. And I think they've proven, and Gudikins was there, you know, with Ted for a long time. All their all Packers scouts are like, yeah, we've been scouting here since 1983. Like they just that's where they start. It's only when they leave you realize, God, they were there a long time. It was like, how many teams was Reggie on before the Raiders? Zero. He worked for the Packers the whole time. They just worked for one team. I just, I think the age thing factors in. Stafford, like, isn't good enough, or there's like flaws to his game. Coward called him a stronger armed Andy Dalton, and. I think that's a little unfair. I think he's superior, superior talent, and he's been on the Lions the whole time. You can't tell me if he didn't get with a Sean Payton, a Kyle Shanahan, a McVay, an Andy, 
a Belichick, like he wouldn't have been good. Like I, I don't well, believe but, that for a second. But also, you th- that th- it, that's a weird one because it's like if Andy Dalton had a stronger arm, then I would say the same thing about him if he had gotten with a better offensive coach in his career. Isn't that the issue with Andy Dalton? His arm strength. I, I'd argue if Andy Dalton had been Matt Stafford, the fucking okay. Bengals would have won some playoff games, guy. Remember if how Andy good some Dalton of those teams were? Had been Matt. Wait, say that all again? those. Remember, they were good for like five years with Andy Dalton, making the playoffs every year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If if Andy Dalton, instead of being Andy Dalton, had just been Matt Stafford, wouldn't they have been better? And they were already like winning 11, 12, 13 games in that division with the Steelers yeah. and the Ravens? How yep. good? Do you think Marvin Lewis has a playoff victory to his name with Matt Stafford as quarterback on those teams? Yeah. Because they were really good, right? So I think the difficult part with the Lions is they have a mandate from ownership. So you because you you could argue just take Herbert now and just have him sit behind Stafford for a couple of years. But they're trying to win. But I, I get back to these other teams because you'd go the teams that are a year or two away. I start with the Packers. Well Rogers is going to be 36 years old, but is 36 the new 33? That's what makes it complicated because I think we talked before the podcast got on, Belichick did that. He drafted a guy when Tom was like 36. Well it turns out Tom early. might play till 50. And when he did it, it was smart. It was like, ah, it's like, no one even thought it was weird. It, I, it wasn't even a polarizing story, right? It was like, oh, they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. He's going to sit behind Brady for two or three years. And Brady's it helped eventually that it was retire. Jimmy Garoppolo, too, right? That it wasn't. It was a, a guy really unfamous. Yeah, that, that, you're, you're probably right on that. So, other teams. I, I'm with so, you on the Packers. So, you think if it would have been the equivalent of like a Josh Rosen, like a polarizing name, it would have been a bigger deal? I feel like it yeah. wasn't a big deal at all. Yeah. You? That was a long time ago now, but it was Also, like what round weird. was that, third? That was the end of the second. End of the second. Yeah, I mean, I think if it was a bigger name guy, it would have been a bigger deal. You're like Rosen. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. It turned out he was a first-round quarterback. They went to him. Get him. Uh, so here's other, other teams who are on deck, right? The, the Patriots are clearly on deck. Hell, they might be up to the plate this year. We don't know. The Steelers? Can they draft another quarterback, or are they... Well, the, the two guys they have aren't good enough. And Roethlisberger, I think this notion that Roethlisberger is going to come back at 38 years old, as weathered as he is, and as old as he is. And I'll never forget what Carson Palmer told me, is that the second time you get hurt late in your career, you think a rehab is going to be like when you're 25 and you realize it doesn't work that way. And it's not... Let's remember, he had a kind of weird injury. When's the last time a a quarterback needed Tommy John surgery and had his. Uh, remember how he threw it and his elbow just like probably just ripped and you realize what the fuck? Do you know what that is, guy? You and me could have played pickup when we're 27. I wouldn't even think about. I don't even. I remember growing in in my 20s, being in a basketball league in Philly when I was in Fresno, going to the wreck. I didn't even. An injury didn't even cross my eye, my my mind. It. I, I won't play pickup now. I can't afford an Achilles. <laughs> I, I can't afford uh, six months of eating and not being able to move around. My body is not set up for it. I yeah. think about that. Also, now. the driving. Like I've told you, every guy I see with an Achilles, it's his right foot. It's his gas pedal foot. Can't afford that. I, I just don't know if Roethlisberger... I think you'd have to make a calculated risk. Now, they don't have a first-round pick, right? Because they got Minka. Uh, but... Do you, do you expect us to see Roethlisberger again where we go, oh, it's Ben Roethlisberger. It's like, oh, doesn't look the same. I, I, I'll i be a little shocked if he's ever the same, man. Uh, Yeah, I would be too, but he might Thro- have been throwing, trending that way anyway. Like he 100%. We'll now factor in a throwing elbow, 12-month deal. It wasn't like he just broke his ankle. It's a pretty unique injury. And then he got fat, and he's just an older, bigger guy. So Steelers for sure. Lions, yes. Yeah. Vikings, yes. Yeah. Like, could you argue draft a quarterback in the first round if you're the Vikings? I think you could. No, I, I, I see. To me, you're just you're still all your chips are in the middle of the table on this team. I, I, I think you just you're thinking more short term because just but the amount you, of money but, you paid. But can you win? Yeah, I, I, you? I, I, I think you have to, guy. And then see, you I, just. I think all the other stuff they have is good. They, the quarterback is the issue. Their quarterback is what keeps them from being in the Super Bowl. I think you look Isn't at it? it, you go, well, if Carr and Dalton and Cam and some of these guys, they're, they're going to be more guys potentially next year that you could Band-Aid with and draft a guy. I, I think you're financially just all in on this squad. Falcons. He looks pretty good when I just saw him at the he does. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saints. If Breeze comes back, 
I think they yeah. still need to draft a quarterback. Yeah, but I think they've they've done a good job of like signing Teddy, and we'll see what happens to Teddy. Does Teddy come back? What if Breeze makes a little less and Teddy comes back? Yeah. So those are my. Would you are the Raiders even in the position to be on deck? It feels like they're closer to being at the plate, depending on what they do here. Guy, they're at the plate. It just depends what pitch they want to swing at. Like I, I think it's just up to them. Yeah, I mean they, they might know what's coming. There's here's my issue. I think there are three legit quarterback prospects. Two is one of the most dominant college players I've ever seen. Like just start to finish, it was just sweet with Tua. Now you can say you know his team was like early 2000s Miami, you know, some SC teams, like they were stacked. I, I get that offensively, especially at wide receiver. Like I'm not denying that. But I just watched him throw beautiful deep bombs. As, as beautiful of a deep thrower I think we've ever seen in college. Burrow's one season was, speaks for itself, it's an all-timer. And Herbert, a little more polarizing but anyone that follows football knows that's what a prospect, a sweet prospect looks like. Huge, big arm, just a lot to work with there. I don't think any of the other guys are like, meh. Like I just, like Jacob Eason, I look at slow-footed, slow-processing, wooden touch. Jordan Love, be the first to admit, haven't done too much film study, but I've just, that, that type guy makes me nervous. Uh, what type it, guy? Small school? Small school, not much production, based off like some physical tools. Like Herbert was putting up numbers and winning games. Yeah. So Herbert's criticisms come from the fact that people think he should be thought he'd become the no doubt number one quarterback. Like luck. Yeah. It's it's more nitpicking. To me, Herbert's more nitpicking an elite prospect than it is like love. Is this guy even good? Because whatever you thought of Josh Allen, Herbert is five times that, right? Yeah. And to me, in terms of a. Uh, the, the one thing with Josh Allen was he had put his nose in there and he's a he's a leader of men. Well, and part of it was he could throw at 500 yards. John, well, so can Herbert though. But I know that, that's why I call Herbert a better version of Josh Allen, a more yeah. accomplished college guy. But he, I would put the Bills need a quarterback, by the way, for the record. Seriously, you're not on Josh yeah, Allen guy. No, I'm, <laughs> you know I me. Saw, like we've talked about, it. every time I root for him, I then watch him and I'm like, oh. I saw someone tweet. Like, for all the shit Baker's gotten, and he deserved it, his season was as big of a regression season as we've seen in recent memory. Yeah. He was still a better passer than Josh Allen. <laughs> it was one of the PFF guys who was like, I ranked him really high last year, Baker Mayfield, and yeah. he was still better than Josh. And the comments are like, get ready for war from the mafia. And it's just, you know, it's just people coming in. Well, oh, I you know, you, I saw that. I guess I you don't like tweet. guys that win 11 games. You know what I loved about that tweet? Because I saw it too. Was one of the replies? Maybe it was Jeff Schwartz. Somebody replied like, "Damn, going to war with Bills and Browns fans in the same tweet? That is bold." <laughs> I love a fan base whose mo is just, "We will take you down on Twitter." I, I just don't see the other quarterbacks guy, the, the Washington State guys, the one year, you know, just typical Washington State guy. Yeah. And if he's not as good as Gardner, what round did Gardner go in? Sixth. So it's yeah, like I a, think he's, he's a super late guy. Physically, like people, when I hear, I don't, again, like I'm no quarterback guru, but they talk about his quick release. I know he's been working with Sage Rosenfels, taking snaps from under center for the first time since his junior year of high school. So you're saying he's a better prospect physically than Gardner, who is small. I think he probably is. He's taller. He's got a good arm. Okay, so we're, we're talking about release, a four-fifth guy. I mean, that's and a, you know what I think helps him is that Gardner looked like a pro, and people might be more open-minded on another Washington State quarterback after Minshew. I okay, think Minshew helps him. So you think you don't but, think it's outrageous to go third round? He did go to senior. No, bowl. it's it seems like it's not trending to be outrageous. But no. is draft is drafting a guy in the third round is if is drafting Anthony Gordon does that qualify for what we're talking about here? I I think anything in the second day is a pretty strong Pick. endorsement of I like this guy. Okay. Like I I mean remember when Kyle took C.J. Beathard it was like they like this guy. I think once you get to yeah. the fourth. Connor Cook, like Raiders, who was like, yeah, they just think he could be a good backup, and then if he fails, it's like, whatever. I, I think the, there's a big big line of delineation for me between third and the fourth. That's why Dak Prescott has felt like the whole time we just found money, where when you draft a guy in the third, you can immediately justify like the uh, Seattle. It was like Russell gets to compete for the job type of stuff. Yeah. Second, definitely, right? I, I'd argue the second is the old first. Where the second, like you draft a guy in the second, like he could easily be your starter pretty fast. Opening day, yeah. 
Like Carr. You know, it's, yeah, Carr or G- Jimmy clearly early on, like this guy's going to have a chance. Like you just – you materialize faster, I think, now. Also because a lot of second-round guys feels like have played a lot. You know, they've just been a four-year starter or whatever, played since high school. They just have a lot more reps. That was, that was one thing Andy told me a couple years ago. Because remember the, the big knock was like, I hate evaluating the spread guys. And Andy's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In 1997, when you watched taped on a guy, they had like 15 attempts a game. He's like, why wouldn't I love watching Mahomes throw 60 attempts a game? Hmm. He's like, I'll just siphon out the quick screens. The other are just passes. You get to see him pass. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that's why point. Andy fucking won the Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes and no one else did. This isn't that complicated, guy. I think a lot of times we overthink it. But I don't overthink guys that like, you agree Jacob Eason has is, is got overdrafted written all over him. Yes, I do agree. Like, to me, he is a uh, – and I'm not saying – like, I, there were other questions about this guy. He has a Hackenberg feel to me. Like, the he, more college ball he would have played, the more exposed he'd get. Yeah, and it's just – it's. I bet he walks into a room. I, I don't even know what his face looks like. I'll guess he's a good-looking guy. He's probably big. He just – he's like well, a he Mason big. Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, before we move on, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you in part by Manscaped. Man scaped.com use the pro uh, the promo code ham they get you 20% off and free shipping with manscaped guy do you did you notice when you open the box i didn't notice this but someone shot me a dm yesterday and they just hashtagged it promo code ham and the box where the lawnmower 3.0 is says your balls will thank you that's the it's the writing on the back of the box as you open it to get to the uh, get to the equipment <laughs> i did not notice that I love. I actually used the lawnmower 3.0 guy. I think two days ago. I absolutely love it. It's so smooth. It's so quiet. Remember back in the day with the ball trimmers, you'd have to plug in, like wrap it around the sink to like where the toilet was. This one is a USB charger. It is really small. It's really easy to use. They're paying me to say this, but they've sent me multiple, and I'm I'm being as as sincere as I possibly can. This thing is elite. This thing works. It does not. It does not nick or cut the uh your body i I, i'm I'm a body trimmer slash my my manly region and it's awesome manscaped.com promo code ham 20 percent off guy and free shipping how do you beat that 20 percent off and free shipping podcast also brought to you by untuck it untuck it free shipping free returns on all orders in the united states use the promo code ham at checkout you get 20 percent off your first order with the promo code ham at checkout get yourself one five whatever you want Brand new, good-looking shirts. No matter what size you are, Untuck It can fit you. I have them. You have them. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, collared shirts, button-up shirts. Is Valentine's Day uh, Friday? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, people are going to be going out on dates, guy. And what do you want to do when you're going on a date? You want to look good. What do you want to do when you're going to a job interview? You want to look good. What do you want to do when you're hanging out with the boys? You just want to be comfortable. Guess what untuckets are? They're all those things. You can look good, be comfortable. It's casual. It's serious. It, it, they're just they're hybrids, guy. They're like Taysom Hill of shirts. But better passers. Better passers. Yep. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off your first order, and even offer free shipping. How do you beat that in the U.S.? The uh, NBA. This is NBA All-Star weekend. I didn't know that till like five hours ago. You? Good news, John. Good news. I was watching the NBA on Wednesday night, so I was aware because there was the video of them asking Devin Booker would he replace Damian Lillard if asked. He's like, I'd have to talk to my family. Probably had a vacation planned. Damian Lillard uh, still going to perform even though he's missing All-Star Weekend with a uh, – what's his injury? A pulled groin. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, yeah, a stri- exactly. So – Groin. Uh, I'm excited, I said that, right? excited about that. Here's the question. Am I not saying that right? What'd you say? Groin. Huh, say it again. Groin. Groin. Yeah, that one you got it. Groin. The faster like you oin. say it, it's the like better a, you are. Yeah, it's, it's an oin. And you just put oin. a G. Oin. Groin. You didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you put a G at the beginning, for some reason, you put a G at the end. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say. <laughs> uh, this is what many of you have DM'd about the ham bingo. We, we appreciate that. Um so here's my question for you. Like, Warrior season, we, we made it. To the, we made it to the All-Star game, John. We've survived what we thought was a bad basketball season. I, my experience has been it's helped knowing 
that Clay and Steph are not gone forever retired. Like, that's helped. Knowing now, I've, I've just started thinking, like, okay, these guys will be back next year. I'd bring Steph back this year when he's healthy. I don't know what you think about that. Clay, I'd be a little more careful with because Steph's like a broken hand. Clay's like a legit knee injury. But I would, if Clay, if Steph is healthy this year, I would bring him back this year. I'd probably wait on Clay. Okay, here's the key, guy. You've gone this far. Like, all your chips have been in the middle of the table yeah. to get the number one pick or at least have the best opportunity. You have the worst record as of we're recording this at going into All-Star break in the league by two, by three games in the last column. To me, if we get that to like a three or four game buffer, then because if Steph comes back and you're playing the Bulls, the Pistons, just hell, random teams that just rest their guys, you might win. And it wouldn't be crazy with him, Wiggins, Draymond. They could win like five games in a row. And I can't quite do that. And I heard... Marcus Thompson was like, yeah, they probably immediately like rest him on back-to-backs and stuff. So they, they could cook the books a little bit. I'm okay with bringing them back if I cook the books to give myself the best chance. You've gone this far, guy. What if you agree you wouldn't risk like a seven-game winning streak to go from one to like the sixth? Because it's not separated by that much. No, that would be stupid. John, I, it's a great point by you, and I think this is the strongest argument. I, really, the argument to not bring him back has nothing to do with injury, right? To me, the argument. I think it's fair to say he's healthy. I think it's fair to say he's healthy right now. Yeah, but I just mean like the knee with Clay. That's a different animal. Yeah. Well, guy, how long? A how long ago did he tear his ACL? Like five months ago? It wasn't even that far. I mean, it was. Yeah, it it's, happened like no the end point. of July. That's a, that you're right. It's a non-starter. With Steph, it is wholly about, and to me, it is not about. Uh, well, you know, if you've got the first pick, just make sure you don't end up at four. You know, it is. If you got the first pick, make sure you keep the first pick. Like, there is no Steph game that's worth going from number one to number two. To me, guy. Because what Because what has this organization shown, John? They can evaluate high-end talent. So you want to have the first choice with this group. You don't want it to be somebody else. Somebody else, let them make the hard decision, and then you take the second guy, and no one can get mad at you. And it's still you, out of your hands with the lottery. Like you it's might still end out of your hands. Yeah, that's true. So you could argue, you know what, because of the lottery, just bring stuff back. But if, I you would, had to, if you had to guess right now, do you think the basketball gods are going to give them the number one overall pick? Yes. You, honestly, if they have the, you mean if they have the worst record? But your odds are actually pretty equivalent to the next three teams. It's not that much different. I think that's part of the anti-tanking rule. Right. It actually doesn't behoove you... I think if we looked at the numbers, the difference between like one and three is might be not much at all. Because now, remember, it used to be you were guaranteed if you had the number one, the worst record, you were guaranteed a top three pick. I think now it's a top five pick, so you could end up with a fifth pick in this draft, which would suck. It would suck. I think the basketball guys are going to give them the number one or the number two pick. Well, remember what they did at the Knicks last year? They gave them the third in a two player draft. Well, yeah, the Knicks deserve that. But they had they had properly tanked right last year though, guys. Yeah, yeah. But this is different. This is not. This to me is a little different. I just think like Joe Lake, like shits go shit goes Joe Lacob's way, John. The Knicks shit guy goes Bob Myers' I'll, way. I'll like the Knicks example. are a history of people who things don't go their way. The Knicks had the worst record in the NBA by two games last year and got the third pick. For example, who got the number one overall pick? Uh, Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans were like seven. How about this? The the Grizzlies were eight. I mean, it's just shit could get that weird. It's scary. It, it, it is. But they, they knew that. I just think that they just want the best chance to get a high-end asset. That you are beholden to the lottery odds. But I'm a big believer that you use these next two picks. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Timberwolves give up like 150 a game. They keep losing. And Carl Anthony Towns hurt now. They're going to stink. You can use back-to-back year's picks. Let's say you get this pick as the number two overall pick. Next year is like the fourth overall pick, in which I've just casually read some college guys and the Goodmans of the world that act like next year's there's more talent coming into yeah. college basketball. Well, USC's getting this guy, uh, Evan Mobley, who everybody thinks is could be the number one pick in 2021. Catino, son? No. Oh, but his sweet. brother's on the team now. That... You could just have like how did this? How about how the Celtics transition kind of from the big three to then making the trade and then what it got them? Just mm-hmm. and they, they just used the picks right. They got yeah. Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart. It's like boom, boom, bang. It's like that's their core. Just those guys. Yeah. I mean, that's if I, if you told me that like Wiseman and 
Katino Mobley's cousin is just like their Tatum and Brown in like five years, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Everyone's like, trade these guys for something. Well, let's let's just wait to see where the pick is. If you get the number one overall pick, I don't know about you guy. I'm a believer in you take Wiseman, you take Anthony Edwards, and you build that guy around yeah, the guy. It's not like Steph and Clay, like they're thir- like the Clay's 30. Like you got some time here. Draymond's 29. You let, got let some those- time here to let it just marinate with great players. Give them some young guys. I'm with you. Uh, 14. Uh, percent um, So the um, top three teams all have a 14 percent chance of the number one pick. So there is no difference between the third pick and the first pick. But it's, the yeah, first there pick is, guarantees like, you the top five. Right. But I, I am a huge believer, guy, unless you can get the Greek freak. Like, even like Bradley Beal. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I'm keeping picks. Yes. And, and building around, like, Wiseman and Katino Mobley's cousin or the next Ja Morant around these guys. That's so just, here, it's a game changer. Here would be my, my desire, then. Steph plays only at home, occasionally. Not even every home game. I haven't looked at the schedule at the end of the year. Plays no more than 20 minutes. So he could play first half. Does not appear in the second half of a game. Yeah, we know that doesn't work though. Why? I what mean, the hell? Look at this team. Anything you can do whatever you want. Because you know, because you know, minutes restrictions. Like he's cooking, and the place is feeling it. And it's just, <laughs> that's know. what I'm saying. You don't let him cook. You got a you got a seven <laughs> field goal attempt. Your job is to get Wigan to on. I saw somebody. Hey, hey on his later. couch. Steph's got twenty and seven minutes. Doesn't matter. Just show me a bunch of Wiseman highlights. Make me feel better. They. Uh, the other day, Slater used the phrase onboarding. Like Kerr said, I don't know if it was a Kerr quote, but it, but Slater said, you know, the Warriors really love the second half of the season for Wiggins as an onboarding, which is like the most, you know, it's like what, it's like I, I, I've only heard that phrase from people that are tech people. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I joined the company three months onboarding and then I'll be ready to roll. Like, I, and I so finally asked somebody the other day, what the fuck is onboarding? Like, you know, it's just learning the ropes. Like, okay. Is that like a super smart way of saying it? Yes, it's just learning the ropes. But the maybe they maybe they have like a process, right? When you work at some of these companies before you start selling the product six months in. It's what Rick. A, it's what Rick Smith wants to do with the draft picks. Onboard him. Onboard him. He, he used so, that comment. In that did he really? Article. I yeah. missed that. Anyway, so yeah, get the number one pick at all costs. At least get, have the if you've got the worst record, keep whatever bad record you have at all costs. Quick, quick You're red right. flag on the NBA. Hmm. The All Star Game's too late. You had, for the first time the last couple nights, I watched two NBA games, and I was pretty locked in. A couple nights ago, it was the Philly uh, uh, Clipper game, which yeah. was really intense. The Laker-Denver game I thought was really good last night, mm-hmm. two nights ago, to listen to this on Friday. And it kind of feels like the NBA, you got this moment where there's just nothing else going on. It's like, you want to watch the Riviera? Well, that's during the day. You know, like NBA games on at night, and they just kind of built a little momentum these last couple nights of like some pretty sweet, powerful games. And they're just going to All Star break now. This all to me, All Star break week before oh, Super I see Bowl. What you're saying. I'd go week before Super Bowl. That would be the All Star break. And then just start playing, kind of ease in Super Bowl week back. And then by Super Bowl ends, you just got the kind of the next until March Madness to kind of own, just because just and then put sweet matchups with star players. It's all of a sudden like God, they got a little momentum like with me, the consumer, and they're just gone. I yeah, because we're because we're really almost three quarters of the way through the season. That's the well, crazy that, part about that's the when I heard game. Jeff Van Gundy is like, "There's not that many games left." I'm like, "Why don't you do it at half or even close?" They're they're well over the 41 game mark. Yeah, good point. Le- but LeBron likes that extra. Remember, they fought for the Players Association. It's a week. They they like their time, guy. They, because if you go to All Star break, you need three or four days to also get a vacation because the other players get to vacation. That was a that's big right. thing with LeBron. <laughs> All right, John, what do you got? Hit me with a headline. Okay, guy, let's start. Let's go with Andy Dalton. It feels like the Andy Dalton era as a Cincinnati Bengal, the Red Rifle, is coming to an end. Mm. They have the, the headline I read. Again, not a huge article reader. If you give me a good headline, that's where I get my information. My headline was, he's open to work with them contractually so they can facilitate a trade. But there's also the elephant in the room that just on the internet streets – a little buzz, some buzz. Like, Joe Burrow hasn't actually said, like, I will go there. People kind of feel like he might draw a line in the sand. If that becomes a story, which I would get, I would 
that to me has like NFL. If that is going to happen, that's got NFL Combine story written all over it, right? Like day three of the Combine, Schefter's like drops the bomb or rap sheet, right? It's we're about a week and a half away. Mm. I just don't know where Dalton's going to go. Like who's trading for Dalton? I, I don't know. Because of all the players we listed earlier this week, he is by far the last one anyone's fucking with at this point. Even like Mariota, I feel like someone would take. Let's just let's just work with Mariota because I'm dealing with Dalton or Mariota. I'm a bad team. I'd or rather Tennessee. just have some. If they lose Tannehill, yeah, yeah, I could see like that would make some sense. But wouldn't they want that? That would be a safe, safe. They would probably be the one if they lost Tannehill. And they, they also draft a guy, right? To me, yeah. it's like he's in a place where there also is another quarterback. Yeah. A young guy. Um, but you're right. It is kind of hard to find a match for him. Like he's going to go to – is there a chance he's a backup this year? Yeah. Because I just start I, thinking about like where is he – could he go to Arizona as a backup? Could he go to the Rams? Could he go I, – I, I was Chargers? thinking – Remember how we thought Mariota? How about Chargers draft a guy and sign it? But even Andy, like, are you drafting a guy third? I'm not coming no, there. No, no. I I think that Andy Dalton has he could take a step back and go year rehab, just like be the Niners' backup quarterback for five million or something like that. The problem is the teams that would do that can they afford to spend that much money on a backup quarterback? Well, I know that's what you got to take a little bit of a pay, haircut. He makes yeah. seventeen million. He's not making seventeen million dollars next year. Chicago, he, I mean. But he's a weak arm guy. I know, I, I know. Indy, Buffalo, give a little Josh Allen, give him a push. You said weak arm, isn't it? Windy and cold. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I just <laughs> the problem is there's a there's a huge corridor of teams that it just gets freezing cold. I would x all those out. I, here, I was, here would be one. If Rivers goes to Tampa, and they're kind of stuck with Jacoby, what if you get him for like ten? So you're basically paying thirty million dollars between Ch- Jacoby and Dalton, and you're just like. This is the best we can do right now, mm-hmm. right? That's not crazy. Yeah. Be a situation like that. Or Kirk Cousins, but they're paying him so much money. I don't know if it makes sense. I'll tell you, so the Rick Smith article, you tweeted it. That's what made me see it about Rick, the former GM of the Texans, whose wife died of cancer. A lot of very interesting emotional article. The draft moment was really interesting, I thought, right? Well, Rick Smith says, anybody in the room in favor of moving up to, what was it, six to take Deshaun Watson? Nobody said yes. Well, then the Chiefs jump up and take Mahomes, and he says again, anybody they, in the they room? Were at, they were at 25, so it was a far way to Long go. Long way. And then he, then he says, anybody in the room willing to jump up to 12 to take our guy and nobody, or my guy, basically, Deshaun, nobody said yes. And he sits there for a minute and he tells B.O.B., I'm doing it. And Bill said, if you believe this much in your guy, then do it. And what did he stand up and said, sometimes you got to follow your gut. And he took him. That was a pretty good story. That was pretty cool how Deshaun Watson became a Texan. Well, how about Bill O'Brien dropping, if you believe this in your gut, you do it, and then he dropped, I'll coach him up. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you, have you watched it? We just won the national title. It just beat Nick Saban. To me, isn't it crazy? Like, if that interaction is truly how it happened, that's a pretty high-level interaction, right? A guy, yeah, a coach yeah. trusting his GM. Especially and then all an of a offensive sudden, coach. And then all of a sudden, they just hate each other by year end? Like, that's... I know. You know, he clearly can draft, right? Th- there's a story today that Ryan Grigson's back with the Browns. He's in draft meetings. Uh, I saw Albert Breer just double down on a report. He's Andrew Barry's like right hand man, which is insane. I know this. Rick Smith's accomplishments dwarf that guy. Just the list. I'm talking non Deshaun Watson. The list of Dwayne Browns, the Hopkins, just all these names. You're like Jesus. The core of this team that Bill O'Brien's won with, he drafted them all. And then if that statement is true, Bill O'Brien's like, you do what you're doing. It kind of sounds like he ran the drafts, right? I I came away thinking... He should I, be a gym one, again. One, I, I can't even imagine what it's like before like 70 years old to lose a significant other. Like the power of that, it's not even relatable unless like it's... I, I that. It hurts your heart to read uh, that. Rick, Ricky Gervais, Afterlife, Netflix, six episodes. I mean... Give you a good cry, but a good show. Yeah, wife so dies of cancer. Is that it happened in real life? No, it's just a show. But it's I just happened to be watching it last night after I read the Rick Smith article. It was yeah. So anyway, that, that is I'm interrupting powerful. a a good point by you. But you also realize like 
this guy, it's going to be difficult because, as Phil Savage once told me, coaches get more than one opportunity. GMs you typically get one shot. And I go, if this guy's only a one-shot GM, it's kind of fucked. Like, his resume is pretty impressive, well, guy. But yeah, he did not get fired for failure to compete. Right? It was really personality. It was really the guy wanted him out. The, the it, slash, his, slash, it was an easy chance. For, he needed to walk, step back anyway. It's not like there really was a power struggle because he needed to go take care of his family. I, could, I would also say the other thing we've learned is Bill is a power freak, right? Who's the GM right now of the Texans? Rick, I mean, uh, Bill got promoted, which I already <laughs> thought he was. I, <laughs> I know. Um, all right, headline. Uh, I got one. I got a good one. Okay. There was an article yesterday that from my inside sources around the King say it was a little tempered back. They could have been much more explosive. On Vivek right now is, and he gets this way about every six months because he fires a lot of people. He's pissed off. He's really <laughs> mad, guy. And he's done like an in-depth study with the scouting department, leading with Vladi, on why they missed on Luca. Oh, God. And the thing was, Vladi wanted Luca, and this article made it seem like Vivek wanted Luca, which is oh, like, I don't, I don't believe any of this. So Vladi wanted Bagley, you mean? Uh, took ba- yeah. Wanted him, took him, and it's been a, Bag- Bagley's played 13 games this year. I don't know if you've noticed that if Giannis didn't exist, Luca's probably the MVP of the NBA. I mean, his team's cruising to the playoffs. He dominates. I, just, I didn't watch the game, but I checked the box score after the Mavericks kicked the shit out of the Kings last night. He has, I didn't write it down, but it was like 30, 33, 11, and 8. Like, it was and an easy one. I text him a buddy from SAC who was watching the game. He's like, "Yeah, this is a joke. Like this, <laughs> it's like a it's a grown man playing with little kids." I didn't realize the game was going on. I called my house. I was talking to my mom, and I said, "What are you up to?" She's like, "Ah, I'm watching." This is what she said. I'm watching your dad watch the Kings game against Luca, and I was like, "How's that?" And she's like, "He's not really enjoying it." I said, "Well, tell him to turn it off." I've been telling him for weeks. What? Pick another. T- become a Pelicans fan. Guy, get you, the package. That's what watch fans. That. No, that's fans. They just mean something to you. The problem he had with this one is 33 and like, 12. The problem with this one, I'd say to Mr. Haberman, I, I don't see how anything's changing anytime soon. So it's like you're just well, going to be riding this misery. Did I tell I you his take? You, you hold on for it to turn around, but it just might not turn around. Well, but here's the thing. I talked to him on the phone last week. He told me this is worse than the Maloof era, than the end of the Maloof era. He's like, this is worse. So well, I we, think because they are kind of talented. The like they do have some guys. They're not just a bunch of scrubs. But also, as someone tweeted at me last night, that said, well, I, I'm even numb to this. We passed on the Greek freak, Dame Lillard. You just all the names. I was like, well, <laughs> let's not forget about Clay and Kawhi. Kawhi and Jimmer. Clay. Yeah, it's, it's been a disaster. Uh, John, Eric this, this, this This might take the cake, though, just how good this guy is this fast. Like, it took yeah, Clay and Kawhi incredible. some time. I know. This guy is just like, you're too. I'm the best, I'm the best fucking white guy since Larry Bird, everyone. Uh, Eric Bianami, there was a report from Rap Sheet that he might do a courtesy interview at Colorado, but wouldn't take the job. If you were Eric Bianami, would you stay put or take the job? If it was I, offered to you, I would stay put. Yeah. The, the reason I, um, Lombardi tweeted the other day, like a Bill Walsh quote. Did you see this? Basically, he said, Bill Walsh's formula was somebody offers you a head coaching job that you don't have, you take a head coaching job. Um, I would say Bill Walsh, most coaches agree with that philosophy, right? Yeah. And Bill, that's so Bill goes Stanford and then, right. Um, Harbaugh did the same thing, went to USD. Yeah, USD. But neither one, I don't know. Clearly, Bill was not. Bill had been up for a couple jobs, I guess, but Harbaugh was not about to become an NFL head coach. It does, it'd be pretty shocking if next year Eric Bianami is not a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Yeah, pretty shocking. If Eric Bianami doesn't get a head coaching job, it feels like a lock, but I, yeah, you're right. No, 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 but it feels like a lock, but somebody still has to hire him. Yeah, I think there's the like racial the, element where people just like, is every owner racist? I don't know. We'll find out. But we hit on it. There's going to be a lot of job openings. My, my, I'm of the belief guy that given, guys, February 13th, I don't know if I would do anything if I was Colorado. I would just wait a year, like till this fall at the end of the season, and then try to figure it out. Because I, I think you could make a mistake right now given that a lot of people would just be apprehensive. There is a chance next year that if, Maybe Eric gets to the point where he realizes I'm not going to get an NFL job. This might be my best opportunity because I think Walsh's 
point is, whether it's college or pro, you go to Colorado, if in two or three years you win the Pac-12, you are by far the number one NFL candidate. For whatever reason, if you have this reputation that's out there mm-hmm. that Twitter that's doesn't right. believe you, you have, back. you have one. You can jump back. I would investigate who else was on the list for Colorado. Are those guys still available to them, right? They obviously would have had to vet other candidates besides Mel Tucker. How much do they like those guys? So I, I, would, int- I would entertain that before I just settled back with whoever I've got in See CU, CU's a little lucky that they, they went on a search 14 months ago. So they, It's a lot true. Of those the list still, still holds. Born. Yeah. Uh, you, you, right, don't, you don't agree that you hold it off a year? Uh, I, I, I'd be open to it, but I wouldn't just, I would still look out and go, okay, if I liked Alex Grinch 14 months ago, do I still like him? Is he still, is he available to me? Right. Would he come take this job? That sort of thing. Cause uh, it is Jim I mean, McElwain. Pay- I'm a McElwain guy. I mean, it's pay, it pays $3 million and it's in the pack 12. What do I think? Do you know who a guy who I would love to be ready for this job? And I don't know that he isn't ready, but it just feels like he's probably a year or two away is Antonio Pierce. Yeah, that would be because he's going to be a head coach soon. But headline I just, me. I just wonder if you're Grinch, the dude at Oklahoma. I mean, is he waiting for like Texas? Right. You know? It's like if you're Luke Fickle, you're just like, you know what, guys, I'm just going to chill till Ohio State or Penn State needs me. Or, or Texas Michigan. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent. I got one more. You got one more. Uh, I, I, I have a birthday present for you this year. My birthday's not for several months. My birthday's right next to your birthday. Well, I know. Well, the, the, it's not. This uh, this might be finished by then. Well, I can't wait to, you know, I guess I'll wait. To, do I have to wait to find out or do I get to open well, it I now? mean, whenever it's finished, I'll, I'll order it and send it to you. It's the cap okay. memoir. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think that I, I want, I hope you, God, I I want you to read it story. and then we'll do a book report on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's Harbaugh stories in this thing. You see, to me, it doesn't. I will be a little shocked if there's a lot of football stuff in it, but I guess you never know. Here's what's interesting when you when it comes to a book. What happens when you write a book? You usually do a book tour. And the one thing you would say is Colin has not done a lot of main like mainstream like NFL media type interviews. Now I'm not expecting to see him on NFL network. I'm not saying that. I do you expect going to see on him good, on Good Morning America? I don't know. I mean I, you, I think at the I end think of the day, might the people who are publishing your book want to sell your book. I do think that he'd be able to justify it that I'm so famous it would just go like if yeah you're probably I'm trying right. to think of like Obama wrote a book does Obama need to go on a tour is just getting you're right uh, but you're right I mean there there can be pressure from the people cutting the check the memoir of Kaepernick uh, last one for me Miles Garrett got reinstated John thank God the long national nightmare is over remember when people wanted Miles Garrett uh, banned from the league and given the electric chair. He got reinstated, and I didn't. Everyone seems cool with it, which I'm. I'm cool with it, by the way. Of course, I'm cool with it. It was an explosive moment on television. That it was night. crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It nuts. was crazy. I don't it think he nuts. needed to be tried for attempted murder, but yeah, it was crazy. To me, on one-off situations, there's always going to be now with social media a major overreaction, like, and you just forget about it. Like weird shit happens, crazy shit happens, and then time heals all wounds. I wonder what time heals all wounds was something that happens for a long period of time. Like we talked about with the Astros or like, I, I struggle when I like look at even Alex Rodriguez or Lance Armstrong. I just don't look at them the same. You know, time doesn't heal all wounds. Like if you make one bad mistake, like get a DUI or something crazy happens like, yeah, man, I, I get it. You had a low moment. It, it, one might be coming in my life, not a DUI, hopefully, but just something in my life. I'll be, you know, mad at myself for it happens to us all. I, I just, his moment was, it was pretty clear like a week later, like, yeah, he's going to be back. You know, he given that how shitty their season was, it was like, whatever, just suspend him for the rest of the season, mainly because well, we'd never seen that. Like I like the Astros. Like, I, I just don't, I think the Astros are going to age pretty poorly. Like, it's just here, where this to me, is going to be like, won't even be talked about in a year. The, here's the question. Do the Astros win Super Bowls like Bill Belichick did after he got caught cheating? Or does Jose Al- does Altuve hit nine home runs this year and bet two twenty five? But I so think if Ma- I think if Miles Garrett, yeah, good point. If Miles like, does Garrett- Altuve hit forty three bomb twenty eight thirty five? What is he? Does he is he a baller this year? Because if he is, you go, he's a cheater. But it turns out he's also just good without cheating. If he bats, you know, two twenty and hits thirteen, that's, yeah, you're, you got to be with me. This guy might have been a fraud. Yeah, I, uh, I no, <laughs> no doubt. Now I do also think there is just an emotional element that's going to be hard to quantify this year. 
Like, are these? Is he just in his dome for a full season because everyone's yelling at him and throwing at him and talking shit? But, but let's turn this into Miles Garrett next year because I was talking to a friend in the NFL on Monday and I asked him this. I said, "Would you take Bosa or Miles Garrett for the next five years?" And he's like, "Well, I probably lean Bosa, but there is no disputing Miles Garrett of the under like thirty pass rushers is by far the most physically gifted. Like six five, bends fast, strong. He's got it all. The only knock is sometimes he can play like." lackadaisical but he's like part of that is his team sucks like if you when he's in when they're in games and he's playing hard he dominates mm. if let's say Stefanski and Grigson and and the Harvard guy they're like a 10 win team if he has a 18 sack year he could be like it's not inconceivable he could be the defensive player of the year like the number one defensive guy in the league next year I don't even think it really gets talked about if anything it gets no. joked about like Larry David style with Jeff being Harvey Weinstein like, yeah, it doesn't matter. By the way, Curb Your Enthusiasm this season is is elite. Every episode I've watched, I've said, that's my favorite episode. Did you watch the one from this last week? I've only seen the first two. Okay. And he basically has taken, I think part of the reason I like him this season more than any season I've ever seen is because every topic he's using are things that I hate through social media, and that's he's right. making fun of them all. Yes, every single one of them. It's a good reminder you're not alone. When you're like, am I the only person that realizes this? It's like, no, you're not. Most people who are not on social media hear about some of this shit and are like, what the hell are you guys doing? The Weinstein-Jeff one is as good as it gets. As good, so great. <laughs> All right, on that note. Have you know what time weekend. it is? What time is it? Lunchtime hoop. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.